Welcome to the SMC 2022 podcast. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave an invitation that changed the world. Come, follow me. Today, we have the same invitation. I'm glad to be with you. My name is Matt Smith, and I'm on staff with Stumo at Colorado State University here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Guys, Fort Collins is one of the best places in the country to live. We get 300 days of sunshine all year. And we're only a couple hours from the ski hill, so you'll have to come visit if you ever get the chance. But a little bit about me. I grew up in a small town in Iowa. It was a small farming community. I graduated with only 45 kids in my grade, and I figured I better go to the big city. So I came out here to Fort Collins and went to Colorado State University. When I graduated, I worked in a sales job for a couple years before joining staff with Stumo. And I did that last year, and I've loved every minute of it, getting to work with college students from across the country. But guys, I'm excited to be with you all today for this podcast, and we're going to be talking about the classic question, why do bad things happen to good people, right? Why do we experience heartbreak? Why do we experience pain? Why do we suffer? You know, if God is so good, where is he in these things? And I wanted to start off with a story of something that happened, a bad thing that happened to my friend Shelby. So Shelby's married to one of my best friends, Nick. And one morning she was on her way to go babysit. And as she's driving there, she wanted to stop in and grab a breakfast burrito. And while she was inside, she left her water bottle in the front seat in the cup holder. And she gets back and she's driving. She starts eating this thing. It's spicy. So she's chugging this water bottle. And there's a little bit of weight in the water bottle. Uh, But she didn't give it any thought because she thought it was just a shaker ball that came with the bottle and she gets about three quarters of the way through this water bottle and all of a sudden she looks down and she finds a dead mouse floating in her water bottle staring back at her. She throws the burrito in the car. She starts screaming all the way to where she was going. When she got there, they call poison control and the lady on the line laughed at her because they had never heard anything like that. But she's screaming the whole way because this dead mouse was floating in her water and she drank about 20 ounces of this mouse water. And she's thinking, man, why, why God, why has this happened to me, man? Bad things, sometimes they just happen and you can't help it. Apparently mice can get up through the engine compartment and come through the foot pedal area and they think that's what happened. But man, sometimes bad things just happen. And that could be a silly example. A lot of times we face a lot harder things in our life. I guess I haven't been through that one, so maybe I'll have to wait and see. But sometimes bad things just happen, right? Life isn't all cupcakes and rainbows. One minute everything's going well and we're on top, and the next minute we get hit with some news that almost takes us out, and we start to wonder why these things are happening. Why, God, are you allowing this to happen? What's the deal with this thing that's going on in my life right now? And maybe that's a season that you're in right now and you're wondering, what is this hardship all about? Either ourselves or loved ones have experienced letdowns in our lives, unrealized goals, relationships fall apart, sicknesses like cancer, disease, tough breakups can be really hard. And even sometimes we experience tragedies like death. And this is just a short list of some of the things that can happen in our lives. And why do these things happen? There's a lot of times in the Bible where God's people are experiencing Things like this, where God's people go through hardships and trials that are just 
overwhelming. In the Psalms, King David, he's probably the most prominent king in Israel's history. He wrote a psalm in Psalm 55, and he's lamenting. He's crying out to God in this season of torment that he's in. And I want to read it, verse 1 through 5. King David says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Man, that's what King David was going through at that time. And I felt times in my life where those verses are true, where I'm crying out to God, why is this happening? And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're in a season of that where you're wondering, what is this trial all about? And maybe it's not you. Maybe things are going well right now. You're on cloud nine. But at some point or another, we'll all face trials. We'll all face troubles in this world. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. At some point, he says, you will have trouble. But he says, take heart because I've overcome the world. God said that, you know, we're going to go through these things at one point or another. We're going to experience times of pain and trouble. But why do these things happen? Why is it a reality that we face in this world? Because it is. We see it everywhere on the news. We see it all the time. Why is hardships and pain a reality in this world? And it's interesting because God didn't originally design us to have this brokenness, to have this pain or even death in our life. When he created the world, he created Adam and Eve, the first people, and he put them in the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden was similar to heaven in the sense that there was no sin, there was no pain, and there was no death. Death wasn't even a part of the picture then. And God said, go ahead and enjoy your freedom. Enjoy the garden. Enjoy your time with me. But I'm going to ask you not to do one thing. Don't eat from the tree in the center of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's it. Just don't eat from that. And Satan comes and he tempts Adam and Eve. He lies to him. He says, God knows that if you eat from that tree, you're going to know the things of God. You're going to be like God. And he also lies. He says, you won't die if you eat from that tree. He lies to them and they believe him and they disobey God. And this was where you hear about the first sin. So sin enters the world when they eat from this tree and the things that God didn't want us to have start to come into our life and we we live in this world now uh, with sin, with brokenness, with pain, and with death. And sometimes Adam and Eve can get a bad rap like they screwed the whole thing up, but in reality, we all have fallen short. We all have screwed up. I've screwed up a ton. I have sin in my life. We're all sinners that are in need of a Savior. And the good news is God wants to save us. God provided a way out. So the question of why do bad things happen to good people, I think would be more accurately put as why does anything good happen to broken people? Why is there even anything good that happens when we disobey? And it's because God is merciful. God still loves us. God is still gracious and wants to be with us. He didn't leave us to a fate of pain and death, but he sent his son Jesus to show us who God is, how to live, how to follow God, and when we do, man, we're going to have life to the full. Life's just going to go better. We're going to be more blessed when we do it God's way instead of doing it our way. And he sent Jesus to take upon that punishment 
for our sin, the debt that I occurred. That's why he hung on the cross as an innocent man to pay that price for me and that through faith in him, I'll receive the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation. And it's a beautiful picture of what we have to come where we're not going to experience this death and this pain and this hurt anymore. In the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, God says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and no more pain. All these things are going to be gone forever. So that's how it's going to be, how God intended it to be in the garden when he created the world. Death, sorrow, pain, all these things will be gone forever and will receive the gift that God is giving us by trusting in his son Jesus I love another picture that he gives us in Romans 8 about waiting through the sufferings now that they can't compare to what God has waiting for us. And in Romans 8, God says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. That's the hope. That's the peace that he's offering to us. And we're not in heaven just yet, so we still will experience the trials of this world, but God wants to give us peace in the middle of those trials. There's a story in the Bible that kind of illustrates this scenario, and it's one of my favorite scenes. It's one of the greatest comeback stories in history. And man, the Bible's full of awesome comeback stories, man. It's full of action. If you've never read the Bible, or if you think the Bible's boring at all, man, I would invite you to take another look at it because there's some awesome stuff and God's word is living and active. And man, it changed my life. And one of my favorite stories that did that was the story of Lazarus. So Lazarus was one of Jesus's good friends. And in John chapter 11, Lazarus was very sick. He was about to die. So they send a message to Jesus. Jesus, come heal your good friend Lazarus. By this point, these people have seen Jesus walking along the countryside, doing miracles, healing people of their sicknesses. So they send a message to him. They say, hey, your buddy Lazarus, he's dying. Come heal him. Jesus gets the message, but he decides to wait. He decides to wait a couple days longer. And then he goes and sees his buddy. But by the time he got there, Lazarus had died while Jesus was waiting. And his two sisters, Lazarus's sisters, come out to him and they say, Lord, Lord, why didn't you come sooner? If you would have came sooner, my brother would still be alive. What's the deal? Why didn't you come, God? And sometimes this can sound like me. This can sound like us when we cry out to God and we get mad at God and we say, God, how could you allow this to happen? Why is this happening? Why did you wait? What is going on with this timing? And that's a tough question, right? But we got to remember that God sees things from a different vantage point. He sees things that we don't see. He knows things. He sees the bigger picture. He sees the end of the story that I don't always see. And it goes on to say that when Jesus saw the sadness of all the people who were mourning Lazarus's death, that Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. And it says, Jesus wept. And we find, where is God in our suffering? Where is he when hard things are happening, when we experience death? He's right there with us. He understands. When he was on earth, he went through tremendous trial and terrible suffering and he's right there with us in our pain because he's experienced it. And we see over and over in the Gospels that Jesus cares for people. He has compassion on them. And where is he when we're weeping? It says Jesus wept alongside of them. 
He cares about the things that we care about. Then I love how the story ends, and I'm going to read it here from John 11, starting in verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a grave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you've sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Man, I love that scene. They come to the tomb. All these people are staying around mourning, waiting to see what Jesus will do. He's been dead for four days, so they think he's missed his window already. And he stands there and he yells, Lazarus, come out. And I don't know if this pause was for a couple seconds or for a couple minutes, but this was a time that people were going to see, is this Jesus really the real deal? Can he actually raise a guy from the dead? The tension would have been through the roof. And next thing you know, Lazarus comes out wrapped like a mummy. And Jesus is like, unwrap him and let him go. Give him something to eat. It would have been amazing to see the people in that moment and their reaction and how many people would have came to faith in the Son of God. They would have realized that, man, God is in our presence right now. And he's standing right there. See, God can use timing. God can use a situation, even a bad situation that we don't understand or a situation that we don't prefer. And he can use it for something good, for something even better than we would have had it at first. Because if Jesus would have just healed Lazarus while he was still sick and still alive, man, he would have healed his body for another couple decades at most. Because just like all of us, Lazarus would have grown old and eventually would have died again one day. And Jesus doesn't just want to heal us from our physical ailments. He doesn't just want to give us a couple more years or a few more decades on this life. He doesn't just want to give us health and wealth and bless our life right now, but he wants to give us eternal life. I want to save your soul. I don't just want to save physical ailments. He does want to heal us, but he says even more so, I want to heal your soul for eternity. I want to give you eternal life. I want to give you eternal joy with me in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not just a one-man ER unit to take care of every single little need, but I want to take care of the big picture. I want to forgive your sin, and I want to give you life to the full on this earth and everlasting. Because sometimes the healing doesn't come, right? Sometimes we pray for it. We pray for loved ones to be healed of a sickness. Sometimes people die and we lose them here on this earth. And we ask the question, why God? Why didn't you heal them the way I asked? About two months ago, I had heard the news that somebody I knew well and had worked with um, was having complications with their lungs and actually passed away from COVID-19, and he was a relatively young guy. Um, he was an awesome guy. He had great faith in the Lord. And even though I'm sure his family earnestly was praying, Lord, heal him from this sickness, heal him from this pain that he's going through, the healing didn't come in the form that we had asked, that we had expected, that we would have wanted. And we can look at a situation like that and say, God, why didn't you heal him? Why didn't you heal this friend, 
And God may look at us and say, but I did. It may not be in the way that we always like or we always understand, but he did heal him because he doesn't have lung problems anymore. He's breathing freely in the kingdom of God. He isn't sick anymore, but he's walking and running and shouting and praising God in the kingdom of heaven right now. And he has more joy and peace where he is with God right now than we can even imagine. Jesus says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has planned for those who love him. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, in this world you'll have troubles, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I've overcome these trials for you. When we let that sink in, we can see how it's possible to consider our trials joy, to consider them pure joy. As James writes in his letter, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. God says we can have joy in every circumstance, no matter what's going on. We may not always be on cloud nine all the time, but we can have a perspective of joy knowing that God is always with me, that I'm going to be okay because God is faithful. He's still here with me now, and I'll be with him forever in heaven. I'm not promised tomorrow, but I am promised forever with God. And others can see it in us too. They can see when we have joy, even though we're going through trials. Every trial is an opportunity to show somebody who God is and to show them why we have joy. Have you ever seen somebody who in your life no matter what is going on with them, no matter how bad things get for them, they always seem to have joy. They always seem to have peace. They always seem to have just a trust about them. Where does that come from? And it comes from their faith in God. It comes from God because he gives us peace that passes human understanding. They cast their anxieties on him. God says to give your cares to him. Cast your anxieties on me because I care for you, God says. Go to God with your pain. Let him give you peace that transcends this human understanding. God is the source of our joy. He's the only one who can give it to us. And man, to wrap up, I wanted to share a few things that God has promised to us. Even if we're going through a trial right now, if you're going through something hard, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a dream, or a struggling through mental health or physical health, or you know somebody who is, I want you to hear the things that God has promised you that he's offering to you. He's never promised that we won't have troubles, but here's some things that he says he does give us, whether we're in a trial or not. Here's some things that he's promised, and these things are straight from his word, and we can trust him because we have his word on it. He's promised that he'll be with you always, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's promised that he can give you peace that passes all human understanding. He wants to give you life to the full. He wants to give you an abundant and full life. You are complete in Christ. You don't need somebody else to complete you, but you are fully complete in God our Father. When you place your trust in Christ, you have been forgiven all of your sin. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. His mercies are new every morning. God is near to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Romans 8 again. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You can have a fresh start in Jesus Christ. You have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love 
and sound mind. You are valuable to God. The value of something is determined by how much somebody is willing to pay for it. And God paid for you with a very high price, the life of his son. You can know that you know that you know that you're saved because he's promised it to you in his word through faith in him. He says he's making all things new. Paul writes in Ephesians 3 that he just wishes we could understand how wide and long and high and deep God's love is for us. And then he ends it with all glory to God who is able to do infinitely more in us than we might ask or think. God has promised you these things no matter what season you're in, no matter if you're going through a trial or not. These are some of the promises that he's given to us. So God is very good indeed, and he wants us to have joy. He wants us to have peace no matter what circumstance we're going through. So go to him in your pain. Go to him to find rest for your soul because it's there for you. Guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find this podcast and other breakout sessions on Apple Music and Spotify under SMC 2022. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.